just a quick note before we get started here. As I put together this episode, the date is July 13th. It is nowhere near April 1st. Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In this episode, we're taking a look at Warden C.P. Hoyt and his proposal for spanking unruly inmates. This story was written and is being presented for you by Tommy Allen. When, in the beginning of April 1899, C.P. Hoyt was appointed to his third term as warden of the Colorado State Penitentiary in Canyon City, the newspaper The Canyon City Record hailed the decision. In selecting a warden for the penitentiary, the governor could not possibly have chosen a man more universally commendable than Warden Hoyt. He is a gentleman who is respected and honored by the entire populace of Canyon City and is held in the highest esteem by those of opposite political belief. Having already served two terms at the head of this institution and one term as the warden of the Buena Vista Reformatory, he is, as Governor Thomas put it, the only man in the state capable of taking hold of the work on the high plane it has been left by John Cleghorn. Mr. Hoyt is a man of recognized ability in prison work, thorough, methodical, and painstaking, careful of the minor detail, and above all, abundantly endowed with executive ability. The return of Mr. Hoyt and family to Canyon City will be hailed with delight in both business and social circles. Clarence Patty Hoyt was born on November 7, 1845, in Conquest, Cayuga County, New York, about 20 miles east of Syracuse. He would be the first of five children to Rufus and Hannah Hoyt. He moved to Golden, Colorado in 1866 and began working for the Overland Stage Company. He then served as Golden City Constable, U.S. Deputy Marshal, and Jefferson County Undersheriff. On September 22, 1874, he married Ida R. Johnson. And from 1883 to 1884, Hoyt was appointed as warden for the Colorado State Penitentiary for his first time. An 1885 investigation found him to be conscientious and very detail-oriented. The investigation was the result of accusations that Hoyt illegally used prison labor. In response, Hoyt solicited the governor to investigate the allegations against him. Governor Eaton launched a three-man team to conduct the inquiry. Eaton was a Republican and Hoyt was a Democrat, so this was likely not a political stunt. At the close of their investigation, the investigators cleared Hoyt of all charges. In the closing paragraph of their report, they concluded, there were many other charges brought against Warden Hoyt, which were entirely disproved, some of which were considered malicious and were made by unscrupulous persons for the purpose of injuring him. In our opinion, the management of the penitentiary under Warden Hoyt was thorough and disciplined good, and the prison labor utilized to the best advantage in the interest of the state. Apparently, the state government respected Mr. Hoyt's character enough to again appoint him warden of the penitentiary from 1887 to 1888. An 1897 article in the Rocky Mountain News identified Hoyt as 
one of the most faithful and efficient officers ever in charge of the institution. This article came as Hoyt was appointed the warden of the State Reformatory, a penitentiary for underaged criminals. He began his tenure in his new posting with the goal of starting an inmate labor program. He'd all but made the state penitentiary self-sufficient, and he aimed to do the same at the reformatory. In addition to the benefits of the institution, Hoyt was also looking to give inmates the skills needed to be productive members of society upon their release. That news article stated, Mr. Hoyt is a practical man and is firmly of the belief that prisoners should be taught some useful occupation so that they may become self-sustaining by some honorable means after leaving the prison. In becoming warden of the reformatory, he joined his brother Fayholt, who had held the position of deputy warden since the institution's opening five years earlier. Like CP, Fayholt could be uncompromising. He once had accusations made against him of abusing prisoners, but in truth the accusations came as retaliation by guards who Faye had fired for napping on the job, being incompetent, or being too timid. C.P. Hoyt was certainly a man dedicated to the effective and efficient administration of prisons and to the effective reform of prisoners. He was concerned with the normally accepted practices for punishing prisoners like locking them in the dungeon and feeding them only bread and water, chaining them up in their cells, and clamping a ball and chain to their ankle. He considered these practices inhumane and he thought they turned those punished into heroes among the inmates. So he landed on an unconsidered idea that seemed revolutionary. He decided to spank his unruly prisoners. It was a practice he started in the reformatory, and he was bringing it to the penitentiary when he was appointed warden in April of 1899. Talking about the situation of a disruptive reformatory inmate in the April 7, 1898 edition of the Chafee County Republican, Warden Hoyt eliminated those punishments he felt were counterproductive, then the first convict who overstepped the rules did not know what was coming and was considerably surprised when the warden ordered him conducted to a room where he was stretched over a chair and a lusty guard applied a paddle with a great energy to his anatomy. When the convict emerged from his place of punishment and was asked by the other convicts what happened, he reluctantly explained, as there was no particular romance connected with this mode of punishment. The article went on to say, Warden Hoyt, after a few examples had been made, soon found that there was but little need of such punishment. Consequently, at the state reformatory, there has not been such a punishment inflicted in three months. Once Warden Hoyt established the practice at the penitentiary, the Rocky Mountain News August 6, 1899 edition ran a more in-depth description of his spanking apparatus and method, complete with illustration. A copy of this illustration is posted on this episode's webpage at storiesfromthemidland.com slash podcast. Producer's note, when I stumbled on this illustration, which by the way is where the idea for this article came from, I think I laughed for about 20 minutes. I had to wonder what the public back then thought of this. I'm guessing they probably had to take it seriously. But anyways, let's get back to it. The description accompanying the illustration stated, Warden Hoyt's spanking machine, a splendid illustration of which is given here, consists of a wooden horse four feet high, strong, compact, and furnished with stout straps for ankles and wrists. 
a yellow pine paddle, 25 inches long, 3 inches wide, half inch thick, and weighing exactly 15 ounces, is wielded with terrific force in the hands of a husky guard. The punishment is not only of the most severe type, often splitting the tightly drawn stout woolen breeches, and always causing the unruly convict to beg for mercy, but is humiliating in the extreme. Seldom indeed does a convict have the hardihood to tempt a second application. Newspapers began to speculate about a mechanical spanking chair. I'll put a typical example of a drawing from one of those newspapers on this episode's webpage. It appears to have a pedal that the punishing authority can step down on to activate four individual spanking paddles. Interest in prison spanking spread. For example, an article in the Sacramento, California newspaper, The Record Union, called on California to change its laws to allow spanking as a punishment of men who beat their wives. Demand for machines to enact the punishment led Hoyt to announce a proposed update to his spanking machine with an electrically run spanking motor in 1900. In 1902, newspapers reported that Hoyt was looking for a location to establish his spanking machine factory. The last reference to prison spanking I found was in the August 5, 1905 edition of the Rocky Mountain News. In the article, an ex-convict claimed the Colorado State Penitentiary was conducting atrocities worthy of the Dark Ages to punish inmates. In defense of the facility, Warden Cleghorn said, Punishment is administered to prisoners who disobey orders. We paddle them, that's all. A record is made of every punishment administered and the records are open to public inspection. The spanking machine introduced some years ago by Warden Hoyt is still in use, not only here, but at the reformatory at Buena Vista. As to Clarence P. Hoyt, he was elected mayor of Golden, Colorado from 1911 to 1913. He died on February 14, 1918, leaving behind his wife, two daughters, and a son, and his legacy. Thank you for joining us for this episode. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And should you find yourself with inmates that need to be punished, what do you say to a good spanking? We look forward to having you join us next time for more Stories from the Midlands. References used in this episode can be found on its webpage. Visit storiesfromthemidland.com slash podcast. Mr. Hoyt is a man... Mr. Hoyt is a man recognized, uh, my goodness. And in 1885, oh, and an eight. Talking about the situation of a disruptive reformatory in rate, in rate.